What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that. Shotgun set. Three receivers left. And here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons. And what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Looking again, looking again. Throws up the middle. That's intercepted at the 40. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directly. Goes toward the end. Battle in. Intercepted, picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White, what a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome in to another edition of the Salty Dogs podcast, and welcome back if you tune in every week or almost every week or and, uh, occasionally. Yeah, the numbers have been going up. Oh, good. Uh, he's Scott Smith. I'm Jeff Ryan, in case you are a new member joining the Salty Dogs. And we are the Salty Dogs. We are. But is, we're not salty this week. We're happy. Uh, yes, oh, we are yeah. going to get salty. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, you know, on the way in today in my car... I heard that song. Remember that song? Let's give them something to talk about. Yeah. I don't know. Is that Shania Twain or? Yeah. Bonnie? Wow, you're listening to country? No, that's not country. Okay. Bonnie Raitt, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. But anyway. anyway yes, I was I listening to the radio because I don't have an audio book right now, which is my preferred car oh. thing. But that game has given us a lot to talk about. That's, yes. That's my segue. Oh. That's how we're starting here. Oh. I thought you were going to compare. I was listening to Sirius Satellite Radio on the way in. So. Looking for the salty dogs. Yeah. That's, I wish I had. I don't have Sirius in my car. Okay. My wife does. All right. Um, you know, this game takes me back to several times uh, since Todd Bowles was made the head coach, and he was asked about how we would run the offense. You know, would it be the same as, you know, as Bruce Arians? Uh, of course, it's it's actually Byron Leftwich is calling the plays, but right. of course the head coach is going to get what he wants if he sure. says we need to do this more and do that more. Um, and he has consistently said, I'll, I'll do whatever is going to get us the win. If right. that's 50 runs, then we'll run 50 times. If that's 50 passes, we'll throw 50 times. And I was thinking about this during this game because it was the second half. They're winning 19-3, to which huh. is technically two scores, but you'd have to get two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. Correct. It felt more like a three-score lead, really. I would say, yes. It's the second half. The running game is going well. The defense is dominating, and you have a 16-point lead. And I'm hearing people in the press box complaining because we keep running the ball on first down. Like, why don't they – they did this last year too, which I don't even know. I'd have to look up right. the numbers to see if this is even true. Since we were one of the most pass-heavy teams in the league last year, it's probably not true. Why would you complain about that? Because. It was working. This well, this came right after an 11-yard run on first down. But no matter what you do, someone always has got an opinion about it. So you I just, just have to go – you just have to roll with it. I mean, is, is this just a matter of aesthetics? Like they just want to see more passes? Yeah, because, because – how do you question the strategy when it's right in front of your face working? And here's what will happen if you throw passes and they're incomplete, incomplete you would say, well, why aren't you running the ball? That's what they, they – remember how everybody got on, on Kyle Shannon's case in, yeah. this, in the famous – 28 to 3 Super Bowl uh-huh. because they had the 23 lead in the second half. Right. And if they had just run the ball a few more times, they would probably have run out 
the clock. The yep. clock probably wouldn't because they needed every second of it. The Patriots sure. did, as it sure. turned out. To and some it. fantastic catches too. Yeah, and amazing stuff had yeah. to happen. That's because the people. The reason people get on Kyle's case for that is because most coaches, if they have a sixteen point lead in the midway through the third quarter into the fourth quarter, your running game is working. Your defense has only has not allowed a, b- a ball past the thirty-one yard line. Right. Why would you not run there? That's what you would do. That's the thing to do, and that's what they did, and it totally worked. Sure. They won nineteen to three. It was great. I mean, maybe they wanted more touchdowns. I don't know. I bet I, Tom Brady didn't care. No, no, no. He had like his fourth lowest passing total was, as a buck, and I bet he didn't care at all. I think it kind of goes back to what Todd Bowles was saying with Tom Brady's absence during training camp that it gave them an opportunity to work on the running game. And it certainly seemed to show. And you have to kind of smile if you're a Buck fan that the O line was good. concerned, but it was good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there was concern going yeah. into this yeah, yeah. game. Sure. Which was fair. But then, very much so. But then, as the game unfolded, and, you know, Dal- or Dallas is not a slouch up front no, defensively. So I was very pleased with with what I was seeing. Yeah, they got Micah Parsons. They got Demarcus Lewis. I think I probably you know uh, they got that Osa guy in the middle. He's really good. Yeah, I think. Yeah, go with that. Okay. I think what what had they scored when they got into the red zone, I don't think people would be talking about running. Yeah, yeah, we would have won like twenty eight to three. And that was I think that was the disappointment is you were marching down the fields between the twenties. You were you're going great. Yeah. It tightens up, right? You, you know, you're what first and goal or whatever, I think there was and couldn't only get it one, in. No, the only time we actually, yeah, they ran like Leonard Fournette a couple times, right. and they weren't all first and goals. Yeah, but the, they and, were inside the ten. Sure, um, where you would think you were going to score, yeah, or you had at a least good get feeling. Touched on. They were they got five in a row, five in a row drives into them field goals, mm-hmm. and normally you think two or three of those sure. are going to be touchdowns, right? And and I think they will be. I, I think that was just a fluky thing that happened. Yeah. No, I was it was But they only allowed two sacks of, of Tom Brady and I know twenty nine dropbacks is fewer than he normally has, but still two sacks allowed, both of them on third down. Yeah. To Micah Parsons. Since Tom Brady got here, when the Buccaneers have allowed two or fewer sacks in a game, the Buccaneers are twenty three and three. Where else would you allow fewer sacks if it wasn't in a game? <laughs> <laughs> I meant in a single game. Oh, okay. I just the two or fewer I, sacks in a I single told you game. I could be salty. Yeah, yeah, I see. I'm i I'm I'm in too good of a mood for you to bring me down this I time. I know Jeff. you are Mr. Normally happy. I'd be I'd be snapping right back at yeah. you. But uh twenty three and three when we've allowed two or fewer sacks in a game. That's very telling. Mm-hmm. Very telling. Uh and and also Getting back to the offensive line, the rushing attack had 152 yards and something like 4.6 yards per carry. Yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot of uh, it was it was well schemed. There were a lot of like as as I was reading Bree's takeaways from the game. Bree Brianna Dix, our new staff writer this year, uh, I was reading her takeaways yesterday from the game, and she was describing how we were using a lot of pull and pin technique and uh-huh. pulling guards, uh, pulling guard or the center, because a lot of the rushing game was going to the left. So lots of credit to Donovan Smith and then Josh Wells after Donovan got hurt and Luke Gedeke, uh who we're going to be talking yep. to today. Uh, lots of um, credit to those guys. Lots of credit to the tight ends that, were, that they lined up on that side wow. on the strong side. And, and Coquif with his blocking early in the game. He's a blow-up machine. Yeah, uh, but you got to give credit to the other guys. Even if the most of the runs, successful runs went to the left, we were getting the line involved in, in like some pulling plays. Mm-hmm. So, and we ran, according to next gen stats, we ran 
to the strong side, which was usually the left tackle side, that means that's where that you put the tight end if it's an unbalanced line, uh, 71.4% of the time. So those tight ends, that was another position of concern, yep. would you say, right? Yeah, no. And then Kyle Rudolph was inactive, which meant both rookies were active. I think Kate Otten had a great NFL debut. I'm not sure how many of those plays he was the blocker, but true with some of them, but also on special teams, three tackles and blowing guys up. Yeah. Uh, that and he's just as everybody says he's a pro. He does everything right. And then Cam Brate. So uh, kudos to those guys. And it was a real good start for the offensive front. I also I also thought the special teams played well. I, that's the next thing on oh, my list. Really? Jeff. Yeah. So I don't get even, right to it. See, it, it, uh, if we ever go on camera, which I'm sure someday they'll put us on camera because we everything. Did it one time, I think. Yeah. Um, Scott has all these notes and everything, and me, I'm just he here. He just kicks back. I yeah. just hear. I just listen if, to Scott. If we could have margaritas, you'd probably be – I would be the mixer. No question. Um, yes, so special teams, which is – In case our is, boss is listening, yeah. we, we don't bring alcohol into the studio. Wink, wink. Sure, sure. <laughs> so you were saying? I was saying that uh, special teams was something that they had talked about, and for the young guys to play, they had to be able to contribute to special yeah. teams. There's been a lot of turnover. On that unit. There was... There's a lot of young players. In that game, I think there was like eight rookies that got into that game. I think it was seven. Seven? Yeah. Okay. Um, K.J. Britt had two tackles. Mm-hmm. He's not a rookie, but... No, but... A lot of young guys... And he, and he proved his worth. Yeah. Uh, the Just by the numbers, I don't... You know, you could feel how you want to feel, but just by the numbers, there were some areas of the Bucks special teams that didn't go well last year. No. Right? We can admit Correct. that. They will admit that. But they – and it's only one game. So, right. But it's off to a very good start, particularly in terms of coverage. Um, the, this is not numbers you see. You have not seen from us for a couple of years now. The Buccaneers' average kickoff drive start for, for Dallas, where they started after kickoff, was the 18.8-yard line, yeah. which was the best of any team in the NFL this year. The best. I mean, this week which is also this year, if you look at it. Uh, And then an average drive start of the 17.7 after punts, fifth best in the NFL this week. Which, speaking of punts, you know, during the preseason, you know, everyone was wondering how come there wasn't much hang time. Don't have to worry about that now because the scoreboard at uh, AT&T Stadium's got a ding in it from (laughs) getting hit with the ball. Yes, and by the way, we have a – a fan question about that okay. issue. We'll we're we're going to get to your questions, sure. by the way, at the in the third segment. And uh, we've got a lot of them today, Joe. Okay. So I guess the information is getting out there. Mm-hmm. I think it has helped that we've been putting out the... It helps if the, you do it early. Yeah, so we're going to tell you, send us questions. We love it. It's it's a fun part of every show. And you can send it to saltydogs at buccaneers.nfl.com. Yep. Don't forget the .nfl part. I know. Get you every single time. So send us your questions. We 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 I I usually bring all of them. Not every single time, but yeah. um, there's. I think I brought all of them this week. Uh, it's a lot. So mm-hmm. we'll talk about the the scoreboard in Dallas when we get to those. Okay. Right. But overall, Ryan Suckup was four for five. Uh, so you know he scored thirteen points. The coverage was great. Um, Jake Camarda. Had like a 50.7 gross and a 43.0 net, which are numbers we'll take every day of the week. Okay. And mostly on Sunday because uh-huh. that's when the games are. Yep. Um, yeah, I thought there was nothing spectacular out of Jalen Darden, but he returned three punts and basically he tacked on 10 yards each time. Uh-huh. There wasn't much room to run because they were directional punting him right over to the sideline and then getting all the coverage over there. So he really was kind of hemmed in by the sideline, but he got 
nine, nine, and ten yards on his three returns, which we've we've talked about this before. What do coaches want out of a a, a punt returner? In this order, they catch the ball. <laughs> Seriously, they, they well, you yes. trust them; they're going to catch yeah, it every time. Right. They can get you ten yards. If they get you ten yards per punt return, you're happy. Third, some big plays. And hopefully we're going to get that from Jalen at some point. But at least he's got one and two. Mm-hmm. It was a good start for him in that regard. Yeah. We talked about Kate Otten. Uh, K.J. Britt had tackles. Uh, Keanu Neal had a tackle on special teams. So lots of new faces there. In fact, they haven't picked a captain yet. No. Uh, so that shows you. When do you think that will be? Uh, I would think they need a few weeks to see who emerges. It could be a guy like K.J. Britt who's awfully young to be a captain. And only a second year. Yeah. Could be a guy like Patrick O'Connor who's been good for us on special teams for a while. Yeah. We'll see what they decide. But uh, we don't have that Kevin Minter guy around, you know, that veteran no. who's been around forever and has everybody's respect. And and, and a game like that, uh, suck-up was something special considering, well, he got one blocked, but. No, he, he's, he yanked it. Oh, yeah. that's right. It got moved. That's right. Um, I'm thinking of the other games I've watched during yeah. the week because there were a lot of blocked punts. Well, there was the or, oh, or, uh, kicks rather. Go yeah, ahead. there was the blocked uh, extra point at the end of regulation right. since he pitched. Yeah, because they're. I mean, you don't think about it, but they had lost their long snapper to an injury, mm-hmm. and so the unfortunate tight end filling in was. I mean, he was better than anybody else on the team, but he he didn't, couldn't get back there with as much velocity, and just that fraction of a second, diving Minka Fitzpatrick gets like three fingers on the ball yeah. if that had been like a half second quicker which it usually would be that operation works and sure they, and they win the game they went on to lose in overtime in one of the weirdest games you'll ever see but you kind of look at the the decision to go with ryan suck up this was a, a game that yeah. you, you you were like you wanted a guy that was going to be consistent may not have the 61 yard kick in him but <laughs> i bring that up or 64 i bring that up because we were discussing this at lunch and we'll get into that later on on kicking field goals, but uh, that was good to see. Um, I, I was surprised how many Buck fans oh, were at yeah. AT&T Stadium. Cool, cool. And you know how I know there were a lot of them there? No, I do not. Because when Mike Evans made that catch and <laughs> scored the touchdown, mm-hmm. it was a lot of cheers, <laughs> and you could, which which is always tells me you don't think about it when you're at the game and looking. But when that touchdown, it was almost like a home game. Yeah, and it stood out more probably. I couldn't hear it. You have the open window. Yes. Um, it stood out more probably because by that point, Cowboys fans were not very happy. No. And were very nor would we if we had been Cowboys fans. No. Because uh, just it, things were not going well. Well, and then poor Dak Prescott. Yeah. Although we're, now they're talking about like he only might miss four or five weeks. That's sure. still a lot. And listen, they can say everything they want to say about. Cooper having confidence in Cooper Rush, uh-huh. who came in. But listen, he was on the practice squad. Yeah. They did not keep a backup quarterback on the active roster. And if you go back to last week's episode, you were talking about how many quarterbacks yes. they had. Because it's weird. I've never seen that before. Yeah. And I get it. It gives you extra roster spots. But if you, that means you don't really have that high of opinion of those two because they got two quarterbacks, Will Greer also. Greer also on the practice squad because if you put them on the practice squad, you expose them to every team in the league. They right. could be signed at any moment. So you're willing to risk losing those guys. If you weren't, they would be on the active roster. Sure. So they can say all they want, but Cooper Rush was on the practice squad in week one. All right. So that's how 
much confidence they have in, yeah. in their backup situation. So now but, what Now what do they do? Well, they go with Cooper Rush, probably. I don't think they'll make a big, bold move, like try to go after Jimmy Garoppolo or something yeah. like that, because, um, I mean, it would take a new quarterback a few weeks probably to get into the flow of a new team and learn the offense, and they think that Dak might be back in four or five weeks. Right. If Dak was out for the year, maybe. Is there someone out there that has been in uh, that offense? I, the names I see kicked around, other than the big ones, like big trade ones like Garoppolo or Gardner Minshew. Right. Um, I don't know. He, he's he been. Who was in Who was in uh, Green Bay when uh, Mike McCarthy was up in there? Who was their backups? Yeah, Are they I someone floating around? Because that's basically the system. So They had the guy from Cleveland for a while. I can't think of his name. Hmm. Um, I don't really know the answer to that question, but I don't think there's anybody out there. Well, Cowboy fans are really frustrated because it, it's a great hype machine. And it's great branding. And every year, it's going to be the Cowboys are going to win. The Cowboys are going to win. And it didn't start out very well. Now, it's week one. And so, it's way, way early. But you kind of like to get a gauge where your where your starting point is. And um, But defensively, they're good. They're going to be strong there. It was a good, really a pretty good first week for the Buccaneers. Yeah. In terms of the teams in the NFC that are considered contenders. Because the Bucks won. I think Dallas was definitely considered a contender. They went 12-5 and five mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. Um, the Rams lost. Arizona lost. Arizona got beat bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they got spanked. Yeah. I mean, by Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes was at the height of his powers. But still. Uh, who, who are the other contenders? Um, Green Bay lost. Although Minnesota now looks like a contender sure. for sure. Um, hey, but Chicago won. Chicago won. I know. That didn't, yeah. <laughs> and when 49ers lost. 49ers lost. Yeah. Consider a contender. They went to the NFC Championship game last year. I don't know if I'm forgetting somebody, but that's a lot of the contenders and the Bucks won. And oh, well, the Saints won. Sure. Um, that was crazy. They didn't look like a contender in the first half. No. But they did, to their credit. Well, that's why they're 60 minutes in the game, right? You yeah, play exactly. until they, And play until the end. <laughs> I was and they really did. hoping we'd steal one from the Saints there in week one. It looked close. It was it was pretty crazy. So now, now we already have a battle for first place in week two already. Oh, wow. In that horrible place, the Superdome. Yes, that you like to call Caesar's Palace. I do not like to call it that. <laughs> well, that's the name of it now. Oh, okay. The Caesar Superdome. Yeah, it used to be the Mercedes-Benz <laughs> yes. Superdome. Not anymore. Uh, now Brady now is now seven and zero against Dallas. Tom yeah. Brady seven. Can you name the teams that uh, have never beaten Tom Brady? I can because it's right. I read it down right in front of me. Really? <laughs> can Did you? you? Uh, well, it's the Bucks. Yeah. Um, it's the Cowboys. Um, Vikings. That's right. That's what three? You've got three of them. Uh, New England. Yeah. That's four. Yeah. And is there five? Yeah. There's one more. One more. Um, gosh, I think Super Bowl, Kansas City, Cincinnati. No, nope, that's those are AFC teams. Oh, us. I said us. Think Super Bowl that he's never that. Who did he recently not too long ago beat? In the oh, Super Atlanta. Bowl. Atlanta. There you go. Four out of five is not bad. No, you did well. I thought Atlanta was the most obvious one, other than Dallas, but. We're not, he's 9-0 against Atlanta, 7-0 against Dallas, 6-0 against Minnesota, 4-0 against the Bucks, uh-huh. and hopefully we'll never get another chance at that. Right. And then 1-0 against New England. Correct. So, Which is pretty remarkable if you think about it. I mean, you'd think if you're quarterback in the league for, what is it, 23 seasons yeah, now? You, at some point you're going to lose to everybody. Yeah. It's like it's like Brett Favre <laughs> is a great quarterback, right? But I think he's the all-time leader in interceptions. Yeah. Like Nolan Ryan in baseball, all-time did, leader in strikeouts, but speaking, I think all-time leader in walks. Speaking of Nolan Ryan, Ryan, did you what? Uh, did you see no. the documentary? No, I, I saw that it was there. I didn't watch the, it. I watched um, 
book smart. Okay. Next time. Uh, Funny movie. By the way. Next time we're on the um, airplane, you will like that. You sure? It looked. It's really good. Okay. It's it must have been good because the guy that was sitting across mm-hmm. the aisle from me in one row up watched it because I saw him watch it, yeah. and then it ended, and then he watched it again. I watched it, and uh, I it. If you're, it, it was good it was, for a baseball fan. Would you've watched it twice in a row, though. That's uh, weird, I don't, right? I don't necessarily know about that, but it was. There's a lot of interesting little sidebars, and you forget how long he played. You know, he he pitched oh, yeah. when he was 45. I know. Which uh, how old was he when he put Robin Ventura in a headlock? Remember that? Yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> he was Robin old. They brought they brought that up too. Yeah, I bet that was yeah. probably the highlight of the yeah. whole show. And it's it's actually a very very interesting if you're if okay. you're a sports fan, so. uh, which I am, and, yeah. and I am a baseball fan, yeah. unlike a lot of people around. Sure. Here. Uh, yeah. So, uh, hey, if we're talking about, we always talk a little bit about travel. Okay. Great things. Okay. Bad things. Uh huh. Go ahead. You, I don't think we're ever we're going to top the Dallas Press Box experience, right? Press I was Box. awesome. There's yeah. nobody's going to got to tip your hat to the Cowboys tip your hat on to that. The Cowboys, they, the they I had like what felt like three seats of space. Yeah, to spread out. There's the cubby holes behind you. Well, and the this this food spread was ridiculous oh, for our press box. It was terrific. They were freaking lobster rolls. Yes, with <laughs> shrimp. Meal, with shrimp. Yeah. Yeah, the legendary, their legendary mac and cheese. I'll give you. I'll give they you. They were carving up a tomahawk steak. Yeah, it was gigantic. I'll give you a, a a little sidebar story there um, with uh, getting in line beforehand. The um, one of the attendants, um, I had my buck shirt on and every, you know, looking, and it, this was early, and. Uh, I grabbed a plate, and he goes, we prefer if uh, we let the Cowboy coaches go first. And I went, oh, I'm sorry. And he goes, oh, I'm just kidding you. And everybody <laughs> laughed. And I said, well, that, there's your victory for the night. Ooh. And uh, How far into the game was this? This wasn't even in the game. Oh, this, is, this is before the game started. He said, uh, "He says, well, you come back at halftime and come see me. Did you? I didn't because the <laughs> R box was so far away. So I, I, I said, okay, you know, and then uh, he goes, uh, Tampa. He goes, my brother lives in Clearwater. And I said, oh, he's the smart one of the family. <laughs> and the rest, <laughs> I was two for two. Yeah, you were killing him. I was killing him, yeah. But, uh, body blow, body blow. Yeah, but they're, they were very, very friendly people. And, you know, they're friendly at Raymond James Stadium, too. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, they are. But the caliber of, of press box food varies from stadium to stadium, which makes sure you eat before you go to the Saints game. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, no, it was very, very nice. Yeah, the, the food was great. Um and the game was great. So, would they have at halftime? Because our our box was. so I didn't far eat away. any of it, but I yeah. saw it looked like they had um, like spring rolls, oh. uh, chicken. Um, oh, okay. Uh, stuff to make nachos. Was it hot dogs? Was the spring rolls fried or were they fresh? They were fried, I think. Oh, okay. Well, then I, I didn't have it. any of it, so I okay. can't tell you. They also had like assorted candies and yeah. you know, some pretty ridiculous desserts. You know, you don't realize how big that stadium is until you sit there and start. Oh, it's gigantic. What the cool not cool, but it was it was an experience. They had standing room only there. I know, I knew and, you were gonna bring this and up. And that's old school, you know, standing room only was old stadiums, they didn't have enough seats and if you don't understand what standing room standing room only is, is you buy a ticket but you don't get a seat and you stand. And when they they let the standing room only people in sooner 
then and so i guess they had them all screened because when they opened the door it truly was like a stampede on both, both sides yeah. people rushing in to get up to the railings yeah. which is actually a pretty good view yeah if you get that's why they were running though, yeah. so they'd get a spot because there was but once you're there how do you you, you can never leave saying, right yeah you, you got to hold your spot for the whole game yeah you can't go get, get, well, i guess if someone could hold it and you say you know i well, guess i don't know whatever uh, obviously those tickets are yeah. Coveted because well, there if you were go, hundreds of them. Yeah, if you want to go, why wouldn't you? Their right? announced attendance for that stadium was 93,797. Wow. That's crazy. It was. It, it was very loud, too. For a while. Yeah. For, oh, whoa. It's a little salty yeah. there. Yeah. I like, like it. I did. I did. I found myself, it's funny because we were so high, I found myself watching the game off the, t- off the big board. Did off, you? Yeah. I didn't need yeah, to do that. Yeah, I was glancing down I didn't watch there. it much at all um but yeah it was good you know who uh, obviously we need to talk about the defense mm. and we're going to talk about Devin White and the cornerbacks and all that oh. but Anthony Nelson got a sack he did Anthony Nelson now has a sack in four straight games dating back to last year not preseason four really? straight regular season games would you have thought Wh- that no the guy has become a really consistent third option for Boy, us Boy, his, his, his wingspan is certainly helping him. And the sack that he got, I don't know, he confused somebody because he just shot right. It was one of those where he yeah. just shot around and had a straight shot right at the quarterback. The longest streak of consecutive games with a sack for the Buccaneers is only six. You could probably guess by whom. Actually, two guys. Oh, Sapp and uh, – No. Really? Simeon Rice. Simeon Rice and then JPP did it a, year oh, okay. two, a couple of years ago. And then wow. those guys, those same two guys had five games, separate five That's games. That's a good streaks. thing, what to look for. Yeah, so I he's like got four. That. If he gets one more, he'll tie for the third best ever. Wow. Um, oh, you're going to write that down? No. Take some notes? No, I <laughs> I start doing that now. <laughs> why, why would I confuse myself? Well, you said myself? you were going to have it as a what to look for. Actually, you used the what to look for. Uh, right. the, the, the PR department just sent out uh, by, the, by numbers. the numbers. It's in there. Right. So you don't okay. have to worry about forgetting. Because, yeah, we were having I a... told them about it, though. Give credit to me because okay. I told them and then they kept oh, putting I, it in there. How's your arm? <laughs> it's, it's from patting myself on the back. Yes. So, Devin White, um, we are recording this on Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, by tomorrow, we'll know. He's got a good shot, I think, at winning Defensive Player of the Week. It would be his third in the last since the start of 2020. Wow. If that if he gets it, that'll be the most by any player Aaron Don- in that span. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald has two. Chandler Jones has two. NFC Defensive Player of the Week awards. Um, he was pretty good. And, and it's not just play. It, you remember when he was talking, like, in, I think during the minicamp in June, and he's obviously an extremely talented athlete. Fast. Right. Big, strong. Um but he was talking about how he needed to work on the mental part of the game and that he he was comparing himself to Luke Keekley. He's like, Luke Keekley was so good. He was talented, but also he was just so – knew the game so well, right? right? And that's where Devin wanted to make his big improvement. And it was telling to me that after the game when Coach Bowles was asked about the defense and its incredible performance, performance he said the key really was the communication was so good and it started with – Devin White and Levante David, mm-hmm. and it—I mean, it was—it was that defense was playing together as a unit. They were really sharp, wouldn't you say? Yeah. So Devin White had two sacks. Yeah, had, yeah. Like, Dallas didn't get what to the thirty-yard. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Their but, first drive got to the thirty-one, and then they lost a yard or two and ended up kicking a fifty-one-yard field goal. If you—that's crazy. They never got closer than that the rest of the game. 
The only team in the league, only defense in week one that did not allow a trip into its red zone. Wow. Against Dallas, who, right. let me remind you, was the highest scoring team in the league last year. Mm-hmm. Now they've lost some And games. I think they have a running back there that could, you know. They got two. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That, I, I, you know, when you talk about Devin White, he was also talking about that he needed to, when, you know, not only play smarter and understand, but because he's such an athlete, it's, he had to slow himself down. Mm. Because he was running pass plays. Yeah, especially when he was blitzing the quarterback. Yeah. When you're that good. Yeah. How, how crazy is that? i got to slow down. Um, well, I think he means also just being more controlled. Mm-hmm. The cornerbacks weren't really a question mark because we know Carlton Davis is great. Mm-hmm. I personally think Jamel Dean is very great. And yeah. he's not playing, at least in the first game, but Sean Murphy Bunting's a very good corner as well. Uh-huh. Um, but, boy, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean were great. They were on. They were blanket. He- now – Yes, Dallas doesn't have the most robust receiving core right, right now. And it'll be a bigger test next week against the trio of Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry, and Chris Olave. So we'll find out. But uh, those guys those, those guys look good. And we saw Antoine Winfield yep. play the whole junior. game. Yeah, Antoine Winfield Jr. He's legitimately. I know. We've okay. had this discussion, and we 100% agree. Right. You don't. If guys want to put Junior on their jerseys, it's fine. But we don't have to include it in our writing, correct? Unless there's a reason to. And Antoine Winfield is is the son of a former NFL player, right. who so was, it makes sense. Who, who was very who was, good. Who was very good. So yeah. it makes sense to call him sure. Antoine Winfield. Junior. And he had a pick. And he had a pick. Yeah. Don't forget. That's remember when I made my bold prediction, asked for by the fans. Uh-huh. The question that one of them was Antoine Winfield, first team Associated Press All Pro. Yeah. And we saw. We didn't know how much it was going to be, but in this game at least, he played the entire game as the nickel. So he was the safety in the base, and he was in the slot in the nickel. And judging by their numbers and him getting that pick, and uh, we I think seven pass breakups, it worked. So it's Logan Ryan comes in, Winfield goes in the slot. In this particular game, that made Sean Murphy Bunting only played on special teams, although Coach Bowles said on Monday it's not going to be that way every week. Uh-huh. But they had some things that would have involved Sean, but they didn't need to get to it because everything else was working. And the frustration for those guys was how many INTs they almost had. I know. Because that, it was there. I think the, on I, the sideline I heard they were roasting Devin White over. Oh, that, that was a tough – yeah. I mean – but you know what? It, it, it's turnovers come in numbers. You hey. know? Yeah, and at least they're in a position. They just got to finish it out, but still. In a way – I mean, he didn't get the touchdown that he probably would have gotten, but – um that was a fourth down play. Mm-hmm. So he did turn the, the ball yeah, over ju- to the right. offense by breaking up that pass. Yeah. So, yeah, the corners, I thought the corners were, were phenomenal. I, I I think we have more things that we can do. As I said, mm-hmm. Sean Murphy Bunting didn't play in that game, and Keanu Neal, did he play on defense? Uh, no, it does not look like it. So the stuff that they have that involves those guys, they haven't even gotten to yet. So Dean, Carlton Davis, and all three safeties, well, no, Dean, Carlton Davis, Winfield, and Mike Edwards all played every snap, and Logan Ryan played 83% of the snaps because right. I guess they were a nickel a lot. So um, I, that's that looks like our number one combination, but they, they have some other stuff in the bag that, that they'll get to. Yeah. And then, of course, you always there's always a possibility that guys will be out with an injury for a game or two. Right. You're going to need that depth. But I think very, very pleased – defensively and you know I always think the defenses are ahead of the offenses especially with not a lot of preseason practice on teams and you you saw that but I I don't think we can undermine the fact that to win on the road is hard 
and the first game, and that was a big win. That was a very big win. Yeah, I'll tell you why. I think it was a really big win because we've talked about how the first four games of this season are a gauntlet. Mm-hmm. You know, you got you had to go to Dallas, and they were twelve and five last year. Sure. And it was their place. We're going to New Orleans last year, who went I think nine and eight or eight and nine. Yep. With all the troubles they had, and two with of those, two of their nine wins was against beat, the Bucks. Beat so, us, and so, yeah. and we have not won there since 2018, other mm-hmm. than the playoffs we did, which yay was the most important one. Sure, but that's obviously a, a game of concern for us. And then the next two are Green Bay and Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And so, at the start of the season, like man, those first four games, you want to come out of that. I mean, it could be hard to come out of that two and two, two and two. Right. You'd love to be three and one. Well, now that you're one and zero, it helps. A lot. If we can win that game in New Orleans, we would only have to split with Green Bay and Kansas City. Sure. And those are both home games. Right. Now, of course, the team is aiming to go 4-0. Oh, Don't yeah. get me wrong. Right. And they can. Sure. But even if it's 3-1, and I think you're happy. Well, the fact, too, is that you get a road win, which is good. Because, good, yeah. you know, we always talk about you win, you know, six home games, right? And you win four on the road, there's ten wins. So... That helps you, but season opener in Dallas against a twelve and five team, I got what you wanted. And you we and, to- and and only giving up three points. Yeah, that um, that Green Bay game in Week Three kind of looks a little bit different now mm-hmm. after they were totally handled by Minnesota. And I will be the first one to point out that they got absolutely trucked by New Orleans in Week One last year, thirty eight to three. Yeah. Uh, and then came back and won 13 games yep. and had the top seed in the NFC. <laughs> so by no means, if I right. were, I can imagine that today probably or yesterday maybe, um, I didn't hear it, but maybe Aaron Rodgers pulled out his relax thing again like right. he has well, several times before. But I will say this: the difference between last year and this year, they did have a wide receiver, and this year I'm not so sure they do. So, Devon, in, in, you, are you talking about Devontae Adams uh, by chance? Just, who, oh, is that who that was? Who had? More receiving yards in his first game as a Raider than all of their receivers combined. In Green when, Bay. when you said that at lunch today, I, I, that's crazy. Now they he he threw a lot to sure, tight ends but still, Rennicks, but receiver wise, right. Adams had more than that's all a great the Packers stat. wideouts. That's a great. I'm, and you know I'm not big in the stats, but I like that one. So they uh, they probably will write the ship, but it does make and and the last time Green Bay came here, yeah, we absolutely demolished. Sure, them. just demolished them. So there's all they're always good games. But that's a home. That's the season home opener. So we beat them like thirty to three, dude. Yeah, the that's the season opener. So you know Raymond James Stadium will be rocking. Which, by the way, if you're just curious, the Cruise Nest uh, single game tickets, I believe they're still available. So go oh, to, really? Yeah. So go to Bucks.com and go to tickets and uh, don't miss out. How's that? <clears throat> Good idea. Okay. The people upstairs will be happy that you I, got that in Well, there. it's the people downstairs. Well, the people upstairs and the people downstairs. The people in the corner offices. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a great start. Uh, it, it was, as we said at the very top of this, the running game was working, mm-hmm. and so you stuck with it. Uh, the, guard, the blocking was great. Leonard Fournette didn't hit – had an average of 3.0 yards per carry – uh, which was second most to Saquon Barkley amongst running backs this week who had at least 10 carries. So mm-hmm. that meant he was getting holes. And then he was getting up to 11.32. This is all from Next Gen Stats. Sure. 11.32 miles per hour by the time he hit the line of scrimmage, which was third best to Barkley and I think Ezekiel Elliott. 
And so that means he's getting the, he's seen the hole, he's getting there quickly, mm-hmm. and then he so he's not getting hit till he's three yards downfield on average, and then he got up to fifteen miles per hour on twenty eight point six percent of his carry. So he had room to run and he accelerated quickly. Yeah. That's how you that's how you get to one hundred twenty seven yards when you're only when your longest carry is seventeen. Yeah. Usually you got a forty or a fifty sure. in there somewhere. But he had six carries of 10 or more yards, which was the most in the NFL. So it was just a lot of really good scheme and him hitting the hole quickly. You were talking about miles per hour. Did you see where Julio Jones got up to like 20 miles per hour? He's back, baby. Are you kidding me? (laughs) I mean, he was fast, but I saw that and I was like, I started thinking about that 20 miles an hour. Yeah. That's. I mean,. Mike and Chris and all, they'll yeah. get there at some point during the season. Sure. But that's great to see from Julio Jones, Julio, I, that, who some people thought was over the hill when we signed him and still it, looking that way. It was the first, the, it was weird hearing Gene go, and it's a catch by Julio Jones. <laughs> and it was, and I was excited about, happy it about it because yeah. anytime that happened before, I was not happy. Yeah. But yeah, that so was, we said that, before Julio killed us for years. Yeah. I think he has more catches and yards against the Bucks than any other team. Yep. And then uh, we didn't uh, – do you have Chris Godwin on your notes? Uh, I was just about to bring that up. Okay. Because Julio, when he caught that, both Chris and Mike Evans were out of the game mm-hmm. at the time. And, he, we were and running... Julio landed on the ball, oh, and that hurt. That was a great – It was that, a great catch. Oh a 48-yard catch. Oh, my gosh. Great pass, too. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. But, yeah, when, I, I guess you forget that, you know – you catch the ball and then you just your whole body weight falls on it. It just knocks knocks the you know what the wind out of you. Yeah. And so but at that time, uh Chris Godwin and Mike Evans were both on the sideline. Now Mike came back into the game mm-hmm. and they never announced an injury. No. Um so hopefully he's gonna okay. be okay. Chris has a hamstring injury. And that was a freak play because he's he's because he had bent over to catch that ball. Yeah, the, the way he, the way he bent his one leg went way out uh, to grab it. Yeah. So he, so that's a bummer. But on the other hand, at least it wasn't his knee. Right. So before the, before that happened, did you, we were talking about speed. Did you see how fast he was? No. I mean, yes, but I thought you had. Do you have a number? No, I don't. Oh, okay. But but he to me he looked faster than he did previously. Wow. Huh. I don't know. I do, I just know they opened the game. I don't know if they would have if they had the first play. They went out there and there's false start. So. And then they brought in – they switched up personnel a little bit, so it probably wasn't going to be the same play. But what ended up being the first play of the game was a tunnel screen to Chris Godwin, which he's fantastic at, and which got 24 yards. Yeah. And so there's your big sigh. Okay, he's back. He looks great. He took hits. And then, unfortunately, the yeah. hamstring injury. But uh, yeah, as of yesterday, Todd Bowles says when they got back and on Monday, it, it's – they, now they feel like it's not as bad as they thought it was on right. Sunday, and they hope to have him back, as Todd said, sooner than later. Well, so maybe he'll miss a game or two, hopefully not much more than that. Right. And then also Donovan Smith got hurt. His was an elbow yeah. hyperextension. That was on the one play where he gave up a sack to Micah Parsons, mm-hmm. which is no badge of dishonor because Micah Parsons is so amazingly good. And it's a tolerance of pain. But the the – the rusher got past him, and Donovan was already done with the play. Mm-hmm. He was behind the play, and then just he got caught up in all the bodies flying around, and one of them knocked him down to the side, and I guess he must have landed awkwardly on his elbow. Yes, as you said, Coach said it was a pain tolerance issue. Which? Uh, which? If which, that's true, if that ends up being true. Yeah. I trust Donovan Smith to play through pain because he always has. Sure. That guy has missed one game. 
But what you also have to realize, too, is if you're an old lineman, you really need your arms. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> Just, I mean, I know everybody, you know, tolerance of pain, but yeah, but you're right. He's been a, he's been a, a stud when Iron it comes. To, yeah, he's played at least ninety six percent of the offensive snaps in every one of his careers, right. every year of his career so far, not counting this one. Yeah. Um, so if there's somebody that can make it back now, listen, it, it, they say it's a pain tolerance thing. Well, the pain might be too much for anybody to sure. play. So there will be no shame if he doesn't. But if you have to ask me, a guy on this team who I think could handle a pain tolerance issue, I, Donovan Smith would be way up there, and hopefully he can. I would Josh agree. Wells. Also got beat by Micah Parsons on a yep. snap, on a sack, but otherwise played pretty solid. And we kept running the ball to the left, so he must have been doing all right, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, we don't want to miss either of those guys. But given some of the things that have happened to other teams, like um, oh. Dallas, how about Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh. Who'd they lose? T.J. Watt. Oh God, yes, well, duh. That was really obvious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I that I T.J. Watt was destroying the world before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. It was insane. Yeah. Um, now they think he might be back in four or five games, though, which I find really hard to believe. I, I with a pec injury. Yeah, I. W- yeah, I, I, I guess I read some headline about an hour ago that said they think he can come back without surgery because he tore the muscle, but not the tendon. What does that yeah. even mean? I don't even get that. I'm not a doctor. Yeah, I'm not either, but uh, anyway. I think anytime you say tear, it's not good. Well, I remember when Brian Kelly tore a peck. Oh, I remember that. In 2003, that snake bit season where mm-hmm. that happened, and then Joe Jervicious and Mike Allstock got hurt on the same play when they ran into each other. Right. Stuff like that. Sure. He tried to play through it, and I think it was the indie game, the infamous indie game. He tried to play through it and realized just a little ways in he can't lift his arm. Right. And so that doesn't work for a cornerback. No. So he had to come out of that game, and his season was over. And uh, Tim Wansley came in, and mm-hmm. uh, the rest is history on that game. How do we always end up talking about that game? Because it's it's a great comparison to uh, things that could go south. <laughs> and maybe his his pec tear was worse yeah. than, than – TJ Watts, Maybe. but that's the first thing I yeah. think of when I, when I sure. hear about a pec tear. It'll be, yeah, but the injuries, um, yeah. all in all, I think we we did okay on, on that front. Yeah. yeah, so a good game, a couple of yeah. uh, unbucked stuff to touch on. We've done a little bit of that. We talked a little bit about how crazy the Bengals-Steelers play mm-hmm. game was. Cincinnati ran 94 offensive plays in that game. Wow. Jamar Chase literally could have scored five touchdowns, and he scored one. There was like he barely doesn't get a toe in twice. Mm-hmm. There was another one where he caught it and ran out of bounds, straddling the uh, the goal line, and they did not call it a touchdown, which I couldn't figure out. I don't know why they didn't challenge it. Um, and then afterwards, I was reading, had it been challenged, it probably would have been overturned. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Remember. He dropped another one where he was coming across the field, and he the guy was falling down behind him, so he would have scored an easy touchdown. So it was a crazy game, and they ended up losing it because of these missed opportunities uh-huh. and the fact that their long snapper was hurt. And their incredible rookie kicker that kind of neutralized him a little bit. I think right. they missed another field goal after that. Evan McPherson, not rookie. He was a rookie last year. Uh, and then the, um, the Saints-Falcons game didn't go the way we that wanted. That was crazy. Uh, they, it looked like, just from looking at the stats as the game was developing, like Jameis and their, their passing attack couldn't get anything going at all in not the first in the half. No. Second half, a totally different story, right? Fourth quarter. And Jarvis Landry had over 100 yards. Michael yep. Thomas could be back. He had two touchdowns. Chris Olave, I think, is going to be a good player. So we were. I uh, like the first half of the game a lot more. In the I second. was in the locker room uh, 
when all those games were ending and the red zone was on. Mm-hmm. And uh, as everybody was, you know, equipment guys setting up and everything, you could just – everybody just kind of stopped and watched that. And as soon as they scored, it was like, oh, yeah. Grumble, grumble, grumble. But, you know – go get my lake steak. Well, yeah, exactly. That was basically it. But, hey, you know what? It's, it's you know, week one. Don't get too low if you lost, and don't get too high if yeah. you won. But, but it's the, a lot more fun if you win. The most baffling part of the whole week was saved to the very end last night. Uh-huh. You said you didn't stay up for it. No. it. I did, and it was – and I'm sure you've seen now. We were watching on the TV the yeah. reaction from the Manning right. cast. That was pretty funny. That Denver chooses to let like 40 seconds run off the clock – and then attempt a 64-yard yeah. field goal instead of trying to convert a fourth and five with and, their new $250 million quarterback. And that's right. You heard correct. That is 6-4 yes. field goal. Because, as they all said after the game, their kicker, who is a good kicker, uh-huh. Brandon McManus, who has a career long of 61, by the way, and that was in Denver, and this right. game was not at high altitude. It was in Seattle. Correct. Although I guess they're kind of high altitude. Not they? like Denver. Um. He, he, so... He told them before the drive, they asked, how far How far do you think we need to go that you can make it? And he told them the 46-yard line left hash. Wow. That's where they got to. Yeah. So they're like, okay, he said he could make it. And I don't know, man. Is that how we're making decisions now? Well, not only that, is it wasn't like you didn't have any time left. You had plenty of time. To they had keep, three timeouts, too. You had time to make plays. You still could have made some plays. Even if the guy says... I want to be on the 46-yard line, left hash. I don't know. For fun, let's get him to the 40. Just call me <laughs> well, crazy. Well, I mean, they, I understand. They would have run more plays if it wasn't sure. forked out. Right. They were calculating, believing, and make the field goal against the danger of not converting. But running all the time off the clock, because if he doesn't make it, they still had timeouts to, and time to stop yeah. to get the ball back. Well, you're putting all your eggs in one basket there yeah. because you think he's going to make it, so let's run off all the clock sure. so they won't have any time to right. then come back. Yeah. And But the problem there is if you kick it early and you get, there's like a minute left and you miss it, you have three timeouts, Now you can force a punt and have another crack at it. Yeah. Now – you know I'm not big into stats, but you need to give the stats of what are the odds of hitting a 60-something? Oh, I don't know, Jeff. Maybe all in all of NFL history, all combined kickers have gone two for 41 from 64 or farther. So the thinking was two for 41. The odds are in our favor. We'll make it three out of 42. <laughs> three out of yeah yeah, yeah. and i did the math there. i mean i remember one of them and it was the best kicker there's probably ever been in justin tucker uh-huh. i think it was 65 maybe it was 66 it was last year against detroit and for that to go in it had to land on the the crossbar right. pop straight up in the air and then barely fall through remember yep. that yep so you're you're hoping something like that's going to happen i guess here's what i'm saying you're making your de- decision based on your kicker saying he can make a 64 yard field goal before the drive mm-hmm you don't have to believe him. You could look at the numbers and the fact that he's one for eight in his career from 61 or farther. Yeah. That tells you all you need to know. Is This is the exact guy we're talking about, not just any kicker. Yeah. And as long as 61 and he's one of eight from 61 or longer. Yeah, it's a hard Hello. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was one of seven before the night. I don't know. But if you're going to lose, that's not the way to lose. I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose on the arm of my quarterback. If your kicker tells you that he can make from 70, do you just believe him and it's gospel? Yeah. 
No, right? You look at it and go, well, nobody's ever made a 70. He's not going to make 70. Yeah. yeah. So if your kicker tells you who's never made a kick that long that I and certainly isn't kicking in Denver that night that he can make it from 64, you're allowed to go – well, I like his confidence, but I think we should. I think we probably should get him to at least sixty yards yeah. out, right? Just a thought. But I, I, I'm sure they're having a good time there right now. It's hey, a hard go. Okay, we are talking about better football minds than mine, and yep. Russ Wilson has come out publicly and said he was fine with the decision. Sure. Um, so he's also. I mean, a, that is what he, he's also a very good team yeah, mate. Yeah, that's for sure. And he's also very good of. There's no reason for me, he's smart enough to know that if I say, well, that was a boneheaded call, well, then it's Russell Wilson thinks the head coach is boneheaded. Right. So you can't win in that he one. But I'm sure if there is if if there is a disagreement, I'm sure they're having conversations internally. He needs to have a good relationship with Absolutely. Nate Hackett. Absolutely. They, Who was to here? To make this work. You yeah. remember when he yeah, was of here? Of course I do. As a coordinator. I guess it's a, Nathaniel now. But it I is sworn Nate. we would call always We call always Nate. called him Nate, but it is Nathaniel. When you're the head coach, you, well, could, you, you get, get to, to get be called what whatever you want. And right now, the names he's being called aren't very nice. <laughs> okay. All right, Jeff. Is that That's good, right? Dude. We want to get to Luke? Dude, we are, we are like – Killing it today. We're at 48 minutes right now. Well, I hate to tell you, but we got a whole lot of questions. Oh, to my to. goodness. So, right. so come back or stick with us, I should yep. say. Uh, we're going to talk to Luke Gedeke. Yep. Um, and I think uh, we'll have a very pleasant conversation because I think he played very well. He did. And uh, and then, then we'll have one more segment where we get to your questions and we have a lot of them. Cool. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast. I'm Scott Smith. And I'm still Jeff Ryan. And we are the Salty Dogs. And now we have our special guest of the week with us, rookie guard Luke Gedeke. Luke, Wednesday's a really busy day on the schedule, so appreciate your time here right in the middle of it. Yeah, definitely. Thank you guys very much for having me on. Let's start right at the end, the game. Your first NFL regular season start. Um, Obviously, it went very well for the team. It obviously went very well for the rushing attack, especially to the left side. How did you feel like it went for you? Um, personally, I mean, I was pleased with, uh, how I performed, uh, individually and as team wise. Um, definitely there was, uh, some mistakes I made that I, I'm going to be super critical on myself and just try and uh, clean it up and really work on those throughout this week and get ready for this in preparation for the Saints. I heard you saying there in the locker room that it was a little surprising how fast Micah Parsons is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just, uh, I had to, I had to try and switch off a, a TE, uh, twist and, yeah, I was punching the tackle over uh, the D tackle over to uh, Wells, and all of a sudden I saw a little blur go by. I'm like, "Oh crap!" Yeah. Tom, throw the ball or something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, T E twist was yeah. that a tight end? Uh, no tackle, and oh. then end oh. around. And that's why I asked questions. Okay, I did. Mr. I Smith. made an assumption there. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, go ahead. well, I just you you talk about the speed of the game. Was it faster than you thought it was, and was it faster than the preseason games? Um, I wouldn't say it was any faster or any faster than I expected. I mean, I'm just very, uh, very happy and excited to get that, that one under my belt, that true full game and everything against starters on starters, obviously. I mean, that just, I feel like my confidence has grown exponentially just from that game. And Mm -hmm. even practice today, I feel like I had one of my, one of my best practices I've had since I've been here. So Mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, just, uh, speed wise, I mean, it was as expected, besides maybe a little bit uh, Parsons just on that one play. But I was kind of – I, I kind of shot myself in the foot a little bit and put myself in sort of a bad position. But that's just one of the things I'm going to work on cleaning up. What, what, what makes a good practice? 
um, just uh, executing my assignments uh, personally and as a team as well, and then um, just uh, improving on the little things that I noticed that I, I need to improve on from uh, from the game standpoint, and I feel like I executed those uh, fairly well today. Speaking of confidence, uh, Ryan Jensen got hurt second practice of camp. Aaron Stinney later got hurt, and uh, – that made a lot of people outside the building clamoring for the team to try to bring in some veteran offensive linemen. And Jason Light, the general manager, has been adamant all along that the team has confidence in you and Robert Hainsey. Uh, did you feel that along the way, that that was the attitude of the team, and was that helpful for you? Yeah, absolutely. I felt nothing for, but confidence from uh, from inside the building. I mean, obviously, people outside the building are of their thoughts and everything, <laughs> but at the end of the day, they, they don't know two, two right. things that are going on in here, so... That talk, it, go ahead. Yeah, just uh, just spoke volumes at the trust they had in me and uh, Hainsey that we that just proved. I mean, obviously we, we shut all those doubters out uh, yeah. the way we performed on Sunday. Yeah, we're probably not going to hear a lot more of that anymore. Yeah, you know. well, you, you, you always know. <laughs> you always you always hear yeah, it, but, yeah, yeah. but you prove them wrong. It's uh, you know every game. How was how was um, being at AT and T Stadium, the Dallas Cowboys quote. America's, America's team. team don't buy it I don't at all but <laughs> just for you as your first NFL official game how was that yeah I mean uh, even looking back on it it was a surreal experience to say the least I mean I I, I played at Mac school so we never really truly played at a stadium hmm. like that I mean yeah we played against LSU in Wisconsin but that, that AT&T is a whole different ball game like uh, it was super loud like I mean, it almost felt like we were in the future almost uh, looking around <laughs> and everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's quite the place to play in. And I'm, I'm very fortunate and thankful that uh, I got to play my first game there. You, you brought up your past. You actually started at an even smaller school, right? Steve, yeah. Stevens Point. Yep. And then transferred to Central Michigan. Um, you were a tight end. Yes. At the beginning, right? Yeah. I know I know. now, I've heard you say that you – and I've heard people say about you that you not only love football, but you love playing offensive line. Yeah. Was it – Hard to give up playing tight end at, at, at the point you did that? Um, It was. I'll be honest. It was a little bit. But, I mean, our team had a need, and they needed offensive, offensive line help. And, I mean, I just want to do whatever I could to help their team be successful and win. So, at first, yeah, I was, like, thinking, like, all right, yeah, I'm never going to catch a touchdown <laughs> pass again. But that's all right. I, I'm going to do whatever it takes for our, to help our team win. And so that's what I did. And. Uh, I mean, obviously, I don't think if I made, if I didn't make that transition, I don't think I'd be sitting right. here today. So yeah. obviously, uh, it was the correct move. Yeah, not a lot of people are talented enough to be making it in the NFL as a tight end. Yeah, right? and yeah. An offensive <laughs> line. So yeah. it worked out well for you. Was that switch at Stevens Point, or was it after you went to? Central uh, Michigan? it was after I went to Central Michigan. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was reading something, and um, your demeanor changes when you're on the football field. It said that. Well, I'm not going to say it the way you said it, but you're kind of a butthole. On, yeah, on the field. Yeah, explain. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, I I, I try to to keep uh, my football like how I am on the field and how I am in a social setting completely uh completely separate. But yeah, definitely not a nice guy whatsoever on the field. I mean, like when you play offensive line, I feel like it should be played a certain way, and I feel like at times maybe nowadays, like some offensive line, like they're not always finishing to the whistle like they used to be. In, in the olden days and everything, and I take pride on like really just p imposing my will on other guys for all four quarters. I mean, just battling strength against strength and just wearing them down all throughout the game. 
Well, what's it going to be like when Ryan Jensen is there, too? I, I, was just think, I was just thinking that. It could be brawls. Right? Well, we're going to find out who gets the flag first. Maybe. <laughs> maybe that's it. So, you know, when you try to do a little research on you and read up about it or you hear quotes from coaches in general, it's always, he's all about football. He's yeah. all about football. Um, is there some? Is there stuff off the field that you're really into? Um, is- yeah, I mean, so uh, growing up in Wisconsin, I grew up hunting and fishing a lot. And my uh, older brother, he actually guides uh, back up in Wisconsin for yeah. uh, hunting and fishing. So if I get some free time, usually I like enjoy doing that. But, I mean, obviously that's a little difficult to do here in Florida. Yeah. I mean, eventually the goal is maybe well, – uh, well, wait, 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 wait. You can fish in Florida. He, yeah, I think he yeah. means hunting, probably. Uh, you can hunt yeah. in Florida. You're just hunting wild boar. <laughs> yeah, alligator. That is and true. It, and until you can you, wrestle an alligator. Listen, you would love to go boar hunting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I you would. would. You really would. It is a. It is um, thrilling, to say the least, because when they come snorting at you and running, they they run around 300 pounds. Yeah. So you got a good shot. It's a fair fight. It's a fair fight. Well, for him, yes. <laughs> yeah. what, were you, what were you going to say there, though? You said uh, the I was going to say, yeah, the goal. I mean, I, I did actually grow up uh, kind of like deep sea fishing. My oh, grandma and grandpa, wow. they have a house uh, about three hours south of here and kind of grew up once a year coming down here deep sea fishing and stuff. So looking at kind of maybe uh, ahead to the future, like second contract-wise, like potentially getting a boat. There we and, go. Uh, yeah. He knows a lot about you know, it. He knows how he throw in second contract. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, a, he can get a bigger boat then. Listen, you get a boat, go for the yellow fin. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I know, I know I know exactly what you're talking about. Best ever. Yeah. Best ever. I do not own one. Okay. But I know someone who does, and that's even better than owning your Is own. Is that Dave? Yeah. yeah. Dave Moore. Dave Moore is a former tight end for the Bucks. He's on the he's the color guy on the radio broadcast. Now. Okay, yeah. see, that's he, how he gets all the. Yeah, we go trips. out. We go like ninety miles out. Yeah, on see, the golf. See, I was thinking more like a you know like a 65, 70 foot Viking or oh, something. Oh wow! Yeah, you hey. know, really stepping oh, up. Oh well, that's it. Well, here's the here's the difference. See, Dave played fifteen years ago, <laughs> yeah. so his second year contract's not like <laughs> two thousand twenty two. Yeah, year. We'll, we'll see. I mean, that that's that's one of my goals. Listen, but, yeah. if, if you don't have a dream, you can't get there. Exactly, you, your dream was to make it to the NFL and you have and yep. you're off to a great start we really thank you for your time today I, I do know you got to get to a meeting yeah. oh one more question yeah I got one, one we more. got one minute yeah no worries. okay um you're from Whitelaw yep okay it's not a city and it's and it's it's not a town what is it what, a principality no it's a village a village a village is that close to Menominee uh no that's a that's a ways away okay Men- yeah menominee's a ways away uh have you ever heard of mantuak wisconsin no give me another one uh green bay oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's about 30 minutes south of green bay but okay. right on the lake shore. okay so it's it's not near appleton or nina it's or... about 45 minutes oh, uh, east of there yeah. okay 45 minutes east All of right. there. you looking forward to playing the packers yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. Uh, <laughs> coming up soon yeah yeah so i uh I had to be sort of a little bit of a Packers fan growing up, but I'll yeah. be honest, like I was a Patriots fan, oh. like strictly because of Tom oh and everything. My God. And, so. now you pl- and now I you know. got and now you <laughs> got to protect him. It's come so full circle. It's literally, it's literally like I'm in a dream. I was oh, going to say God. after this, can you believe we went through the whole broadcast yeah. without asking you a question about Tom Brady? Because I know everybody asks you about Tom Brady all the time. But yeah. You brought it up yourself. So yeah. yeah, that is really cool. That has to be. The, I mean, it has to be somewhat surreal if you're a kid and you're oh, yeah. watching Tom Brady and then you're turning around and, wow. I was in the elevator Saturday or Sunday morning with Tom Brady, and I have to tell you, I was like, that's Tom Brady. And I yeah. didn't know he was behind me. 
which was funny because when I got in and I turned around, I went, oh. He's always taller than I think he would be. He's, he's very tall. Yeah. All right. Well, All that's right, enough chit-chat. Thank hey, you for your he time, He wants Luke. to get some lunch. Right, get on right, your lunch, your meeting. Yeah. We appreciate your time. Hey, thanks. Appreciate you guys. Take care. The Salty Dogs. And we're back one more time here on the Salty Dogs. I'm Scott Smith. I'm still Jeff Ryan. And we are still the Salty Dogs. Uh-huh. And now you are joining us uh, figuratively with your questions. And I told you we have a lot. We also are getting, I mean, we are getting listeners all over the place, Jeff. Uh-huh. These questions come from Berlin, Arizona, Orange County, California. Wow. Brazil, you know who that's yeah, going to yeah. be. Galway, Ireland. Oh, I know there. I've been there. Oh, cool. And West Virginia. Oh, how about wow. that, huh? That is a potpourri of locations. All right. Bucks fans everywhere. All right. And Salty Dog listeners, thank yes, you. Yes, thank you. Okay, first one is from um, Stefan mm-hmm. uh, in Berlin, Germany, uh, who finishes with hashtags fire the cannons, hashtag go Bucks, hashtags LFG. Okay. And he also sprinkles in a lot of little uh, emojis. Ooh. There's one with sunglasses on. There's a sad one. All right. There's a happy one. Okay. Hello, dogs. Hello. Greetings from Berlin, Germany. And what an excellent start into the new season. One and oh. Yay. Uh, emoji with shades on. Because of the time change, plus six hours, it is almost impossible for me to watch Sunday night games. We're not too crazy about no, them either. No, we're not. We got home about four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of soaked up all information I can after the game, including instant report, press conferences, highlight videos, etc., and, of course, your brilliant podcast. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Today I was looking for snap counts from the Cowboys game and referring to www.footballguys.com. Neither Scotty Miller nor Kyle Rudolph took a snap in the offense. So then three questions came into my mind. One, 30 snaps, 48% for Kate Otten. Does that mean Otten already secures the second place in the depth chart over Rudolph? Two, did Scotty play as a gunner? I guess he had snaps for the special teams. I can't find a source for special team snaps. Do you have a good source for special team snaps? Three, from your point of view, were there any surprises in the snap counts of our Bucks? For example, 16 snaps for Co-Keefed. Okay, that are my, those are my questions for now. Can't wait to listen to your next episode. Or was it addition? Oh. You know, he's been listening. I've got two in a row right, by the way. Yeah. Two, year, two weeks in a row. Yep. Soon. Best wishes, Stefan. And he said spelled like Stefan Diggs, but I think he meant pronounced like Stefan Diggs okay. because it's not spelled like Stefan Diggs, mm. even right here in his own writing. All right. Okay, so let's take it from the top. Scotty Miller and Kyle Rudolph were both inactive. So, no, they didn't play at all. No. So they wouldn't have any counts. Or Kyle snaps. Rudolph, okay, Scotty Miller, first of all, mm-hmm. both Chris Godwin and Russell Gage came down to game time decisions, and they both got cleared to play. Yeah. And so you had seven receivers. The one they didn't keep active was Scotty. Fair. So, um, it was going to come down probably to Scotty or Brashad Perryman because um, because Jalen Darden was going to be up to return mm-hmm. punts. So probably I would say the decision was for Brashad because if you did have injury concerns about Chris and Russell, and if either of those guys were out, Brashad Perryman's probably a better one-for-one replacement mm-hmm. for those guys. Right. And they obviously trust him. Because he's been around here for a long time. Sure. He, he tried in Detroit and Cynthia yeah. in Chicago and didn't really stick. He's been here twice. Um, as for Kyle Rudolph, now, now of course, with Chris Godwin possibly missing time, good Scotty change. has a good chance to be active this coming week. Right. So they, that's why they wanted all this receiver depth. As for Kyle Rudolph, I think your, your answer to question number one is probably yes. He yeah. asked, has Cade passed him on the depth chart? And I would say yes. Um, 
Yeah. Cade was or and here's what here's what it was. The Buccaneers went the Buccaneers right now have, I think, three specialists. So the other fifty spots are um are twenty seven offense and twenty three defense. It became twenty four because they elevated Jannard Avery. But as you can see, when you're trying to get down to forty eight players on game right. day, you had to name six inactives. There's not a lot of chaff on the defensive side. Right. I mean, you want all of your four of your inside linebackers up. You want all four of your outside linebackers right. up. You want all four of your safeties up. Uh, we did have one corner inactive because he was hurt, Zion McCollum. They're just you had to pick off from the offense. So six receivers and only three tight ends and three running backs. And obviously they like what Coquif does as a blocker, but I think this does say excellent things about Kate Otten and how he's come along. Right. So that's a big takeaway from the game to me that both those guys were active over Kyle Rudolph. I agree. Um, and then the I talked about the receivers already. The running backs, um, it was Giovanni Bernard, interestingly enough, over Keyshawn Vaughn. Right. Which which I was a little surprised. A little surprised. At. Maybe yeah. maybe Gio gives you a little bit on special teams, or maybe he's if somebody was going to get hurt, they like him as a pass catcher yeah. more than Key. I don't know. Um, Something to keep an eye on. But yeah, definitely. I still think all those guys get a chance to play. Sure. Or at least Keyshawn and Scotty. It could be different every week. Yeah. That's what I mean. We're just going to have to wait and see. So did Scotty play as a gunner? No, he didn't play in the game at all. The gunners yeah. were D. Delaney and Sean Murphy Bunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he asked me for a source. First of all, uh, I would go to pro, pro-football-reference.com. Every player on that site has, if you scroll down the page a little bit, they've got snap counts and it does include special teams. So you might want to go there to find that. No, I, it's not game by game, but it's uh, it's helpful. It's yeah. So I have access to NFL Jesus, but that's something with passwords that I Correct. can't give out. Right. That one you can get the actual play by play from the game, yeah. and they don't have it right for the game. But the next morning, on Monday morning, when you go to it, they have all the snap counts, and I'm looking at them right now. Uh, I brought it down because he asked, "Were there any surprises?" Just off the top of your head, were there any surprises for you in terms of snap counts? No. No. Were um, there any surprises, I, I I now ask? I was not surprised. He, he asked about Koki. Sure. I was not surprised. I don't think 16 snaps is a surprising number for him because of no. how much we saw him playing with the first team as a blocker. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did that. And he was really good early on, especially. Um, let's see here. I mean, I guess I was maybe a tad surprised at how much Chris Godwin was playing before he got hurt. Right. Well, I think I think Chris felt good, and you know they're probably conferring with him. How do you feel? I feel great. You so, want to keep going? Yes, I want to keep going. Yeah, yeah. I, but I still thought there would be some sort of pitch count on him. But he had 19 snaps, and he got hurt with a couple plays left yeah. in the first half. And we had 34 snaps in the first half, and he got hurt with. Uh, let's see. That's that's where he got hurt. I'm not, you That's know, fourth I think the the biggest thing is when a guy's coming back the way Chris is coming back, a lot of it is how do you feel? And then once you got out there and took a couple of hits, I think the adrenaline starts going even more. And he's probably saying, hey, I want to go. And how do you argue with that? Because who knows a body better than the person who's in the body? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, you know, it wasn't like any sign of, you know, I, it, it, again, it was kind of a freak the way he had to stretch his leg out to catch that ball, and he, you know, and he played. So he played. Um, he there were twenty eight snaps in the game before he got hurt, and he played nineteen of them. Yeah, that's a lot. 
especially when you also sure. had Julio Jones and Cal mm-hmm. and and uh, Russell Gage active. So that would be the only one that stands out to me a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm looking at all of them. Keem Hicks played 58. percent Yeah, that seems maybe a tad low. They did do they did rotate their defensive linemen quite a bit. Sure, um, both. I mean, Nacho got 33 percent of the snaps. Well, Golston got 36, and that was it within a game in which we were in nickel a lot. Right. Um, Carl Nassim got 19 snaps. Yeah. That's kind of a lot, yep. considering how, how recently he arrived. Sure. Logan Hall got 20 out of 69, which is not a lot. So I think that's your rookie sort of getting well, um, you c- acclimated. You, c- you certainly could say there's fresh bodies because they're moving everybody in and out. He did get his first tackle, and it was a tackle for loss. So yep. That's cool. I'm talking about Logan Hall there. Yep. Okay. So right. I think that's a pretty um, All right, well, thorough that, answer to yep. Stefan. wonder if Stefan's coming down to Munich. Uh, yeah, I was expecting him to mention that yeah. in this question and did not. Okay. Um, maybe that ticket's hard to get, you know. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. It's, so, I think it's already sold out. Yeah. I think, I think the probably. only way to get it now is uh, through travel packages or mm. stuff like that. Question two, uh-huh. as we zoom from Germany back to the United States right. and over to the west side, not quite the coast, but Mesa, Arizona, Mark. Oh, all right. I've been to Mesa. It's very nice. I have, too. I, yeah, I, used, I had a job in Mesa right. once. I was working as a waiter yes. in a hotel a restaurant. Greetings, dogs. This question centers around that ginormous video screen hanging above the field in AT&T Stadium. All right. Given that it essentially, it essentially puts a ceiling on the height of punts near the center of the field, does this negate mortar kick punts? Thanks for doing what you do, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, as you were bringing up, uh, Jake Camarda, strong leg or strong leg rookie punter, did hit, doinked it. Yeah, and it was interesting that the way they handle that is they treat it. That's the official announcement. It's, it's treated as a inadvertent whistle. Yeah, so dead they just, ball. Play yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. And they kick again. It's like in baseball. If you play a Tropicana field and you hit the railings, you hit the rings. Right. There's specific rules for it. Yeah. Um, Like, I think some of them are in play and some of them are not. Right. You think you can? I'm talking about Trop now. Sure. Any case, um, so, yeah, it's that's what they call a... um, that was an exhausting a ground rule. That was exhausting of three punts. Those special team players had to be going like, "Are you kidding me?" Okay, and kick I want it, to say- kick it through the end zone. I'm tired of running. If that wasn't roughing the punter, what is roughing the punter? It was, but it was only five yards. No, because they called it running into, into it. Yeah. If it's roughing the kicker, what it's is fifteen yards? Yeah. And it would have been a first down. We called it as 15 immediately, and when they didn't, then... The, the guy hit him running full speed. speed. Right. I understand when, like, you you kind of roll past their leg or yeah. you, you, their foot's kicking, yeah. sticking up, and you hit yeah. it, and they spin around. Sure. That's running into the kicker. How is it not roughing the kicker when you run into him full speed as he's in the air after kicking? And that uh, official is in the Super Bowl. So. I think he's a good official. Ron yeah. Torbert. Yep. Tolbert. Tolbert or Torbert? One of those. I think he's pretty good. Sure. Uh, so and the game was fine. I thought it was officiated yep. just fine, but, but I can't believe that wasn't rough in right. the kicker. But yes, I get. I guess it does sort of put a ceiling on how high you can kick it. Oh. But Camarda ended up with a pretty good net anyway. Sure. So yep. Good question. Excellent. Welcome back, S Dogs. Mm. Now we move up the the east the west coast a little bit to Orange County, California. Okay, Orange County, been there. It's a lovely start to the season. Ooh. I'm not normally a religious man, but if. Oh. But I was wondering if you two would join me in a prayer. 
Dear Lord, please help us beat the Saints in the regular season just once. <laughs> I'm on my knees right now. <laughs> in return, I promise to eat more vegetables and be kind to everyone on Twitter. Oh, wow. I don't have a problem with the second one because I mostly don't react, re- respond yeah, to people on Twitter. I don't, I don't respond at all. That, man. I don't respond at all. Uh, I don't mind eating more vegetables, though. No, I'll I can be do fine that. With that. If that's all it's going to take, yeah. I, if that's all it's going to take, I will eat vegetables. Saturday night in New Orleans. <laughs> I'll forego the the. Uh, um, I mean, what? Some of those great dishes come with vegetables. Don't there's vegetables in sure. like a gumbo, isn't there? Yeah, like okra. Oh yeah, it is okra. Very that good. That technically counts. Going right? to have fried fried green tomatoes. You, go. you can have uh, yeah. So you can still eat badly sure, but eat you, vegetables. It'd be awesome. You can get two things to come. We shall work on that. So be kind to everyone on Twitter. Amen. How does this matchup with the New Orleans with New Orleans look this year? Can we do it? I'm optimistic. Hmm. I'm not going to feel optimistic going into a game against the Saints until we break this. Uh, yeah. What? Did, how did uh, Todd put it? Todd Bowles put it yesterday. He's like they've had our number. We need to. Um, what did he say? We have to. It was clever. What he whatever he said. We need to figure out the code. I liked what um, Geno Smith said after the game last night. He's like everybody was trying to write me off. But I didn't write him back. <laughs> oh, I like that. I've never heard that before. No, I didn't clever. either. That's very clever. I like that a lot. Yeah, well, that's the thing about going to play the Saints. For whatever reason, we just the Buccaneers haven't played very well. And a lot of times, uh, I can't remember who was talking about it, is that they're not they, – they the, the Buccaneers don't remain in control, you yes. know. They, they they try to, to do too much, which ruins everything. I was I have to write for some social media thing we do uh-huh. near the beginning of the week. I have to provide them with three keys to the game. Yeah. And one of my keys this week was stay disciplined mm-hmm. amid emotional rivalry. Right. And they said it last year. The players said this. They know, they know going into that game in New Orleans that they need to keep their emotions in check and they need to stay disciplined. Right. And then somehow it just doesn't happen. I just, they're like the little brother that's like a gnat. I'm just looking, I'm bugging looking, you, bugging you, bugging you. I'm looking for what he said about About what, what they have to do. Um, okay, he said, they've pretty much solved us the past couple times we played them, and we've got to find a way to crack that code. Ah, uh, see, I was right. I did throw somebody about code. I do. I would have felt better if Michael Thomas was still hurt mm-hmm. and if, Jarvis Landry didn't have 100-something yards. Yep. Of course, that was against Atlanta's defense, not ours. That's true. I like the way our defense is playing. He says, how do we match up? Well, well we it's not as – on paper, it doesn't seem that as far. daunting of a matchup right. with their offensive line without Teron Armstead and with the guy that was supposed to replace him, rookie Trevor Pending, also hurt. Uh-huh. I have James Hurst playing left tackle now, I believe. I think they may be a little bit more vulnerable up front because of that. Um, but then our offensive line, which has been reshuffled, had one very good week against a good opponent. But you can't go off a sample size and say nope. that's a sure thing. Nope. So I'm that that matchup against Cameron Jordan um, worries me a little bit. Um, very much so. I we have never ended up matching up well with our receivers against their corners. I think some of it will depend on who's healthy mm-hmm. because if we can keep throwing four and five really good receivers at them, they won't have enough corners to right. cover everybody. Uh, we don't have to worry about C.J. Gardner-Johnson instigating, instigating fights and getting penalties because yeah. he's with the Eagles now. Yes. Um, I do think we have a chance to get our running game going, so that would be very good because if you can do that, 
then you can slow down their pass rush. You know, they say that, uh, you know, I've read different stories where the Saints, you know, just know how to beat Tom Brady. And I kind of I chuckle about that because if there was a formula to beat <laughs> Tom Brady, it's on tape. Yeah, and, and other people right, and it that's not that's not how it right. works. So I think I think this is just the emotion of the game. Always, yeah. Uh, what was the last when they were here? Was it nine nothing? Yeah. So, you know, I remember Tom after that one saying, or they had him on mic'd up, right, keeping his guys in the game, saying, "Hey, we're not going to run into this situation very often. So sure, let's, let's learn from it." Right, and that's and that's exactly right. So. I am sure. I mean, this is a big game. It's it's a division game. Both are one and one, like you said. You're playing for the lead now, and uh, it's worth two because uh, they're coming back. Did you happen to notice? Did Jameis have any turnovers in that game? I don't know. I was kept thinking that one was coming. That's why I thought the I game, didn't watch any of it. I just saw the very end, and he threw some nice balls. Now, interesting enough, uh, Jameis said that they threw out the game book and they just let the uh, players play. Holy crap, that doesn't normally work. No. And so when he said that, I thought, oh, good, because there that means picks are coming. Yeah, and it's just I, I a matter of time. Again. But I thought it was kind of an interesting statement that, you know, we threw out the playbook, <laughs> which which has a tendency that when he was here, that's not, that's not what it never, never worked well, right. no. Okay, let's move on. Okay. Because we still have four more questions. All right. Ahoy, salty ones. Hope this finds you both well. This is our, our buddy in Brazil. Okay. Uh, yep, we're still doing good. Mr. Smith, I was remembering that once in the last three seasons, we scored 19 points in a game. And he lists them. Chicago, New England, Dallas. Counting last night. Mm-hmm. I don't think scoring 19 points in a game is that much common. And also, all of them were road primetime games. That's pretty interesting. Hmm. I did, yeah, that one in Chicago early in 2020 on yeah. Thursday night, and then the New England one was a Sunday nighter. Uh, with that in mind, I was wondering, which is the score that the Bucks have never reached or the most rare one? For this, let's consider only points under 31, if that seems okay. All right. So, obviously, this isn't one good one for you because you like to wing it, Yeah. and I do the research. You did. I had to do the research. And to save time, cut to the chase. <laughs> All right. Somebody's getting a little impatient here. Um, what he's asking, I think, is – the the most uncommon night well, yeah number. score for us yeah um and under thirty I would say eight well yeah because I don't think we've ever had one right we had one in the preseason okay um so yeah that's that's the answer but otherwise we've so look scored. at that not even being prepared and you just said that's the answer we scored <laughs> well I mean you could have also said two yeah we've never scored that in a game correct um we have scored five. Mm-hmm. Our, our ten to five win over Buffalo in nineteen eighty eight is still the only ten five game in NFL history. Wow. Um, we also have only scored eighteen three times. Okay. Um, that, and then twenty nine, we've only scored four. And then above thirty one, thirty two four times, thirty six three times, thirty seven three times, and forty four, forty six, forty seven, and fifty five one time each. All right. Fifty five. The 55 game was 55-40 over the Rams a couple uh, years ago yep. in L.A., remember that? Sure, that was a fun game. That was a really fun game. The last game in the Coliseum. For that us. is also the only 55-40 game in NFL history. Ah. Uh, the Bucks have been in four of those. I already told you the Buffalo one. When we beat New Orleans, the last time we won in New Orleans in the regular season, remember Fitzpatrick? Mm-hmm. Yep. 48-40. Yep. A shootout. Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic. 40-40 is the only 40-40 game in NFL history. 
Uh, and then when we beat Carolina in 2020 by the score of 46 to 23, that's still the only score by that in, in NFL history. Right. As was our 11 to 6. You'll remember 11 to 6 unfondly. Remember 11 to 6? Uh, that would have been the championship game yeah. in 99. Yes. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> why, why don't you tell us who uh, caught the winning touchdown? Ricky Freak. <laughs> Ricky freaking pro. <laughs> I was waiting for I almost, that. I almost, almost dropped the F bomb. Oh, you, but you can edit. You can't. Well, yes. Yes. That's the only 11 6 yeah. game. In which, was, which was a perfect throw because there know, was. Because Brian Kelly's coverage Brian was good. Kelly's coverage was as Pass and it was on a blitz too. Yeah, pass interference. If he goes any further, yeah. But yes, dropped it just over the top. But you know, Ricky Prohl always was a kind yeah. of a buck beater. You know, when he was with Carolina, yes, that's why yeah. we call him Ricky Freaking Prohl. Yeah. Okay. There, you know, there have actually been 256 different scores no. that have only happened one time in I, NFL history. I would not know that. All right, you you clearly want me to move on. So no, no, I thought I, that was an interesting. It interesting is very, question. very interesting. I, you know, I'm not big in the stats, but that was. I mean, it's first a, of all, how do you think of that? I mean, you know what I'm you're saying? You're calling these stats; they're the scores of the game. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. But that's I, kind of the most important stat. I know, but I mean, you're sitting around and going, "Geez, I wonder how often they did." You know, I like that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm glad you yeah. asked it, Alexander. You're, you're on my side, buddy. Forget Jeff. All right. Ahoy, Scott and Jeff. This is from Ireland. Uh, big fan. Been following the Bucks for 10 years and have enjoyed every episode of your podcast over the past few years. Appreciate uh-huh. that. Having just watched Devin White sack Cooper Rush, I had a question. The C on Devin's jersey is white. C for captain. Yeah. But the C on Tom Brady's jersey is yellow gold. Yellow slash gold. Sure. Does this color difference, spelled with an O-U-R, that's how you know it's from across the pond uh-huh. have any significance or is it arbitrary keep up the good work owen and by the way that's pronounced that's spelled e-o-i-n Whoa. and i play in a strato baseball league with some i used to with somebody named i never knew i never met him and i never knew that was pronounced owen i always just thought it was eon oh. e-o-i-n pronounced owen he's from galway ireland yeah hopefully I'm, you said you've been to galway yep was it cool? It's very cool. Ireland is very, very pretty. Yeah, I want to go. There. It's it's it is very cool. Yeah. So, do you know the answer to this? Though I give you a crack first. No, I don't think I know the answer. Okay. What happens is when you get your first captain C, and you get your C on your jersey. Yeah. You get it's white. Yeah. And it and it has one gold star underneath it to indicate one time you've been captain. Is that why the stars are there? Yes. And if you notice. Like Vita Vea had that. Mm-hmm. Devin White's is also white, but there's three stars because this is three his third years. year as a captain. However, the, there are only room for four stars. Oh. So when you get up to four, it's your fourth year, your, your C is still white, and, and you have four stars. If you go beyond four, they leave it at four stars but turn the C yellow or gold. And it matches the stars. Really? So... If he, I've noticed the difference, but I never really gave it any thought. I, I never just, did. It feels I silly just, that I never thought about I, I it. I didn't. I just kind of like went, oh, I guess maybe that's because that's the quarterback and he gets a different C. Well, no, because perhaps Owen didn't notice, but Levante David's C is also yellow. Uh, He's been a captain like nine times. Yeah. Tom Brady, actually, if you're doing the math here, can't possibly have been a captain four times for the Buccaneers. Right. Because this is his third season. Correct. But I think they give him the C anyway. I think it's an NFL yeah. thing, NFL mandate. I think they give him the gold anyway because I'm sure he was a captain. Of See, I would have thought they, what they could have done is just put stars all over the. Well, just but like then an Ohio State helmet yeah, or something. Yeah, right, something like that. 
Uh, nope, that's how they do it. And I was actually oh. in. I went down to the um, did equipment you to, room. Did you have to go down and ask why? I didn't know the answer. I, I was talking about it with some guys upstairs, and we guessed this was the okay. answer. All right. Didn't quite know why Tom's was four. I, you know, when I do look, when I do know, I did notice like the, the stars, and I did think that was kind of years, but I didn't realize, you know, was that, it that they gave it that much form. thought, you know. And, and so I went down there, Mike in the equipment room. He's like, "Come over here." When I asked him a question, he showed me their um, the little drawers Where's where they have all, all the. the uh, and so there's the C with the one, there's uh -huh. the two, there's with the three, there's that's with the four, and then there was the go and then you have to have different color ones for different jerseys. See, that's why I love doing this this podcast because I learn something. You learn something if you listen, you will learn. Well, we learn things when we get great questions like yep. this one from Owen and the one yep. from Alexander. Excellent. All right, so I forgot to say, man, we just we zoomed from California down to Brazil, yep. and then went back across the pond to Ireland, yep. and we're gonna and we're Finish gonna come it up. back. No, we got two more. Come back, they'll be quick. No, I'm I'm just curious. Okay, Where come back to Florida. All right, in Panasofki, Florida, from Todd Birchfield, salty ones. We hear a lot of stories about players overcoming adversity to play in in the NFL, whether it's someone living in their car or working in a grocery store when they get a call. That would be Kurt Warner. Sure. Who would you say has the best story in Bucks history? And I thought about it a little bit. I was hoping you could come up with something quickly. I think there's probably tons of these type of adversity sure. stories. I do remember we had we, when we drafted Stevie Tui Kolovatu. Remember uh -huh. him from USC? I, think, I do. I think he had a period where he's living in his, his car. car. Yes, he did. And I'm sure he's not the only one, but we don't have all of those stories. Right. Um, Bree Dix just wrote a story uh, for our website a, a couple week or so ago about Devin White, mm -hmm. who I don't know if you count that, but is is well, he lost his brother his, as a, yeah, as, a, was, as a child, and he meant so much to him. to him. Yeah, um, losing a sibling at a young age is I hard. Had, yes. What the first thing I thought of was in two thousand and one, I wrote a story about a long snapper, and I don't write a lot of stories about long snappers. Yeah, I, okay. But this guy was named Sean McDermott. All right, not the same guy who's <laughs> coaching the Bills right, right now. They are two different people. This was a dude that had played at Kansas, I believe. And he thought he could be a long snapper in the NFL, but he um, he wasn't getting any opportunities. And he was working as a waiter, and he had four hundred dollars in his bank account, and he had bills that were due. Okay. Instead of paying his bills, he took that four hundred dollars out to a punting school. No, he's a long snapper. <laughs> long snappers and tight end. Yeah. Uh, he had actually been a walk on at Kansas, and and finally got a job as a a tight end and a long snapper nobody called him he was trying to raise tuition money to uh i guess go to graduate school or something uh but he hadn't he couldn't get in on anywhere and so the buccaneers uh he he sent out his tape to everybody and the right. bucks had um not re-signed their long snapper morris unatoa and so they were looking for a new long snapper but all they could offer him was like, if you can get here, okay, we'll give you a workout. Right. Well, so he, we're not gonna fly in, but if you can get here, I'll give you a workout. Right. So he took out all his money, drove down here, um, and when he got here, and he was inspired apparently by the movie Men of Honor with Robert uh -huh. De Niro and Cuba Gooding Jr. Yeah. To stick with his dream, so he he didn't pay his bills. He drove down here, and when he got here, the Bucks weren't even in town. Because oh, we were up in Orlando. Yeah. Oh, right. Right. Uh, not. It was before we were training camp there, but yeah. I think we were joint practicing with the Dolphins uh -huh. or something. So he drives to. Or so he. 
He, he comes to, to Tampa. Nobody's lights are on. Nobody's home. Okay. <laughs> so he was here in Florida for 13 days before he finally got seen. Wow. And then he got signed. He, got, he, he wow. won the job. He even was for a while. I don't think he ever caught a pass, but he was third on the depth chart at tight end. And um, there was there, so that's I guess it's kind of a recurring. I want to. I can't remember how long ago it was, but there at, there was a time I think it was for Atlanta. Uh, they got a kicker who was uh, um, a beer truck driver. Oh, and I they, think I remember they, that. yeah, they got him out, you know, but, but, you know, that's what you do if, you know, if you're a kicker or you play, you have to take another job until you get an opportunity. Sure. So, yeah. Well, wasn't. You never give up your dreams. Wasn't former Bucks kicker Donald Igway Beakway famously a taxi driver yep. while he was trying to Very get into Very true. Yes. All right, one more. That was before Uber and Lyft. I don't think we probably came up with the real adversity story that Todd no, was looking it, for here. There is, yeah. Nothing's just coming to mind other than the ones we've talked about. Yeah. I, I, some of it, if you talk about adversity, like within your career, like yeah. I felt really bad for Cadillac Williams. Yeah. He came back from a just horrific knee injury. Out of Carolina. And got a couple more, yeah. got a couple more um, seasons in. That was, you know. And then I, had another knee injury. You know, you bring that up, and I just had a flashback of him laying on the, in the, on the airplane with a blanket over his head because he was just so emotional of what yeah. was going on and how everybody was feeling. And as soon as you said, I, I can see him laying, uh, you know, yeah. three seats across, no one there, just yeah. him. Yeah. Well, you know how he was one of the most competitive people oh, I've yeah. ever met, so I'm sure he – like His shoes are in the Hall of Fame. All right, one more from West Charleston, West Virginia. Have you been there? I have. By the way, fact. last year, oh, oh, a couple things. Okay. Um, you remember we have discussed a couple weeks. Uh, Jeremy, our fan in Vermont. Mm-hmm. Oh, was, oh, Grafton. I was in Grafton, Vermont. That's what I wanted to bring up. Yes, you the, couldn't remember. I what, did, but I yes, I was in Grafton. I'm glad you brought that up. Grafton, Vermont. And there was, yeah, I've been in a couple ones, but Grafton was the big thing. Good, because that's what I figured you'd be able to clear that yep. up. You had said Concord. I'm like, no, right, that's right. in New Hampshire. Well, I, I, I was, and then you had me thinking, geez, was I in New Hampshire? And then, right. And, no, I, Grafton. Which may or may not be near Montpelier, which is the only city I'd ever heard of in yep. Vermont because it's the capital. Right. He was the one who's asking us how can he find in the current episodes from 2019. Correct, correct. He had been able to locate the first episode only right on our site or youtube right uh where were the rest and we thought initially from you texting steve sure. lynch that we would be able to tell him where the rest are right well i found the answer and it's not really the one that he's going to want to hear i know yes and you probably know why uh, we had to eventually um take down most of those episodes you want to guess why um uh, the nfl changed the websites music Oh, that, yeah. Sometimes oh. you get rights to music, right. but it re- expires. And when it expires, oh, you have you to have take to, it down. Okay. Yes, or, we, or, we play, we, what, what, what he means is we pay licensing fees for all types of music. Which yes. is also why, like, sometimes when we've done um, pregame shows on the field and we have that video, we can't keep it. We can't right. put it up. We can't put the tape up because there's music in the background that we don't have a license. Yeah. We do a, we do a post game with Dave and Gene and we have to wait till all the music is done playing before yeah. we can videotape. So it. that's why these were which taken you, Which is kind of weird in this day and age in the background, you wouldn't think much of it, but because we are a business, you can't do that. So the only one that is, other one that is still up is the finale from that season. Mm-hmm. And I did send a link of that to Jeremy. Oh, good. But I'm sorry to say we're not going to be able to provide you with the rest of them. Uh, I don't know how many there were, so I don't know how many were. Uh, episodes, I think five. Okay, so two five out of five. Five or six. Two, two out of five or there. six ain't bad. Yeah. As, 
as Meatloaf once kind of said. Well, the good news is uh, In the Current is coming back uh, early now. In fact, uh, there's one coming up uh, right after the next couple games. Excellent. It's going to be during the season. In the Current is going to, instead of after the year's over mm-hmm. with and then reviewing, it's going to go. Wow. It, it, yes. That's ambitious. Uh, very much so. And uh, you're listening not while I'm talking, you're listening to the narrator yep. of In the Current. Thank you. Okay, greetings right. from Charleston, West Virginia. How many games do you think were – I think this question was sent yeah. in before Monday's game, or right. Sunday's game. How many games do you think Ryan Jensen's absence will cost the Bucks? Brady's quote-unquote kryptonite is pressure up the middle, plus a weak middle diminishes the capacity to run between the tackles. My gut says two to three games hanging the bounce of his absence. Thoughts? Bucks for life, Rich, Rich Godspeed. Yeah. Oh no no! I'm thinking saying Godspeed, comma Rich. I don't think the last name is I, Godspeed. It is it is uh, there, it is a loss not having Ryan. It, there is for sure. Okay. However, I think the coaching staff has done a really good job of getting the guys ready, and I think the game plan uh, of the extra tight ends going into play is going to help. And and so I think it's a drop off, but I think. They have it designed so you're not going to notice the drop-off. Well, and the first performance was pretty good. That's why. That's what I mean. So, I mean, to think that – Yeah. Robert and, that's not, and that's nothing to take away from, from Ryan Jensen. It's of just it's, it's good coaching and yeah. – And Robert Haynes, he answered the bell. He, he played very well. So, yeah, I mean, we have the, we have the uh, advantage of a game now as evidence, but um, two to three games – Ryan Jensen's absence costing us seems a bit strong. Yeah, I think And this so, idea too. of Brady's kryptonite being pressure up the middle, right. yeah, fine, but really no quarterback wants pressure up the right. middle. Right. Because it's yeah. kind of obvious, yeah. right? I mean, I guess if you're more mobile, you, you have a better chance of scrambling away from it. Right. But also don't forget that Tom Brady showed a very good – efficiency on quick throws last year so that's not you mentioned tight ends and how well the, the blocking scheme was in the first game but um also they can they can rely on that quick passing game if need to and, and, the, and negate yeah. the rush for that yeah. reason and the running backs can block pretty good too also i think <laughs> also i think the formula is a little bit different this year at least it sure looked like that on sunday in that the defense is probably going to be better mm-hmm. and so you don't have to score as many points to win and um, the running game looks better. Well, the other thing too is uh, Robert Hainsey was on Bucks Total Access, which yeah, you, can, you can get on the, Casey, the web right? with Casey. You can get that on the website. Those are there. Um, that ran last night, and it's up. He was talking about, and what's helping him immensely is having to practice against Vita Vea, sure. Akeem Hicks, yeah. knowing that as strong and as big as those guys are, he can hold his own. Which has given him the confidence. It's given him the confidence of when he looks across the line, going, "Well, that guy's no better than what I'm up against in practice." (laughs) So I thought that was kind of an interesting. You know, it it builds confidence, and that's that's what he needs. And you got to remember, you know, he's only played one NFL game. Well, he's he's been in them, but I mean, as a starter, he's played one. he started one game. So. I don't know. I, I think two to three games is a little bit strong. I, I I'm not going to be all sunshine and light no. here. There could be a player or two here that Robert doesn't make that Ryan would have. But um, I don't think it's quite as dire as that. No. And, and I think the Buccaneers have different ways to deal with the issue of pressure. And hopefully hopefully we're right and Robert's wrong. So uh, or Rich. Rich. Rich from West Virginia, yeah. I think. 
Okay. All right. That's it, Jeff. Uh, good. Wow. We this this really strong. Yeah, we we, we had given, fun. We've given a lot of uh, given a lot. All right. I told you there was a lot. There you were. You we told get, me. They gave you, us something yeah, to talk about. Yeah, you told me that early, and so hopefully, uh, next time you hear us next week, uh, we'll be just as smiley as we are right now. How's that? I will be even more so for you this That'll be a bigger win to me. I am. I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, since you did, thanks for listening.